Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the heavens of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to the uh, abundance of his greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound praise with the lute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and singular group dance. Praise him with stringed and wind instruments or flutes. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, praise God, you crazy maniacs. Mm -hmm. You thought I was going to say charismatics, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm a charismatic, evangelical, baptized in Jesus' name, and everything else you can think of, it's in the Bible. And I'm not backing away from any of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you thought you were going to have a nice, quiet Labor Day. But uh, anyway, we're just uh, so glad about the Lord. So glad about the fellowship with the believers. So glad about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Praise God about the power of his word. Ah, I can never, never, never say enough about God's greatness. Worship was great this morning. I know, Brother Dan, it was really pretty good. It's great. Hallelujah. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, this is Labor Day Sunday. Jesus said, come to me, all of you that labor, labor and heavy laden. I'll get that out in a minute, right? <laughs> labor and heavy laden, for I will give you rest. Yep, yep. Yeah, Kenneth says he's got three days off, didn't know what to do with them. And he said, but he's got to get up and go to work pretty early in the morning. Or late in the evening, I don't know which it is. But uh, so glad. And I praise God for truck drivers and all the people that get the stuff here. Because a lot of that stuff goes to my belly. And a lot of that stuff goes on me and other places that I need it. And I'm so thankful for those guys. I'm so thankful for those that one that make the automobiles. I'm so glad for those that... Uh, Work, make the pencils, you know, put the pencil. It takes all, you know what it takes to make a wooden pencil? I think I've shared that a few months ago, but anyway, you know, somebody's got to get the wood, somebody's got to get the graphite over here, and somebody's got to do the little metal band over here and get the rubber eraser over here. And I mean, my gosh, it's a complex item. And all we do is go buy a box and go, yeah, I broke lead on that one. I'm sharpen that. Don't throw that away. <laughs> anyway. Well, I uh, want to make sure that you know about Wednesday night this week. It's a very special night. We're not going to have any Wednesday night meetings after this Wednesday for the rest of the month, but we'll start back in October. So I want you to make that clear. But this Wednesday night is communion and worship, okay? Or is it worship and communion? Okay. We're going we're gonna to worship the Lord. We're going to receive communion. It's going to be a really good time. 6.45, come in. 
have a little snack with us, and then we'll have church right at 7 o'clock. I want to invite everybody, and uh, we let anyone who knows Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior receive communion with us. Praise God. So if you have somebody that's, maybe they hadn't been to church in a while, maybe they just need to get out of the house. That's a good excuse. Amen. Praise God. Would you throw me a water bottle, please, sir? Um, thank <laughs> I was going to catch it anyway. I probably have sowed a few bottle throwings in my lifetime. And uh, Kelly's much nicer, you know, than I just throw it behind my back like I'm Pete Maravich or something. Most of you don't even know who Pete Maravich was. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day you've given us to glorify you, to be who we are, who you've made us. We receive from you, Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us and take us through the word of God. Thank you for bringing in the freshness of the new life in Jesus as we put our foot down, let the waters be parted, and walk into new life with you. In Jesus' name, and all the folks said, amen. amen. What is the law of Christ? Okay, and I want to make some clarifications and set a little background, and we're going to do things a little differently today uh, as far as the Scripture readings go and everything, so uh, hang up with me and uh, keep your seatbelt on. It's going to be a good time. The Old Testament law was given so that whatever was necessary to get Jesus here for our salvation, it was given for a temporal time that God would be able to prepare the way for when the fullness of time would come, that Jesus would be here as Messiah, as Savior, as the Redeemer, as the promise from God. We need to understand the purpose of the Old Testament, first of all. Some people today are saying that the Old Testament is just a historical document, uh, just a history book. Uh, that it really isn't uh, true all the way through. It, some people are saying that the God of the Old Testament is a different God than the God of the New Testament. Some people are saying this and that, and it all belongs in the dung heap. That's where it goes. We are facing times in our country similar to but completely different than so many things we've had before. And the church is right in the middle of it because as the church is, so goes our country. All it takes is a remnant. All it takes is people who are believing God. All it takes is us that are, are we that are ready to, to walk through it no matter what. I really like the stories in the Old Testament because the New Testament says they're types and shadows and examples and pictures for us. We, we meditate on the Word of God in the Old Testament, and God gives us a visual uh, insight into what happened in the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament promised that He never changes. And it's kind of interesting, He said it in Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament that we have. People are saying, well, he slaughtered people. 
He killed them. And that's not what Jesus did, not what Jesus talked about. Folks, it wasn't what Jesus was supposed to do. If we look at the Old Testament through the New Testament eyes, we'll see and appreciate all the things that God had to do to be able to set up the time for 2,200 years ago when Jesus Christ would be encapsulated in flesh. And the God incarnate would become and put on flesh of man, the incarnate one. We need to see that God was eliminating the trash, the garbage, and the people who are anti-God so that they, the society, the Jewish race, would be able to start and propagate the home for Messiah. It's so important that we realize it. Well, God just killed all those people. God gave them an early entrance into hell. You see, there is no death forever. This body's going to die, and then God will remake it and make it a whole lot better. We can have hair, brother. It's going to be a whole lot different. But God, in his wisdom, took out all of the evil things. That's the reason Noah's experienced. That's the reason so many other things. The earth opens up and swallows people. He had the Jewish people go out and take care of people. And sometimes he took care of them when the Jewish people didn't know what to do. Because God was going to get the seed of woman to this earth. God was going to get this New Testament done no matter what. And we better thank God and we better appreciate God. And yes, as bad as it may look to our human eyes, it was absolutely necessary that we could have the life of God and God would adopt us into his family. And anybody that says anything different is blaspheming as far as I'm concerned. Because God, I will not challenge the authority of God. I will not challenge his righteous ways. He alone is just. He does everything he does right, correctly. He knows what to do. And we look at it and we go, well, I would have done this differently. I'd had three eyes and I would have. You're an idiot. God knows what he's doing. He knows when he made us. You, you can look at the birth of a baby and know that God is alive and well and still doing these wonderful things. He's put in us everything necessary for life and godliness. And he gave Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have life everlasting. He brought the Holy Spirit into this planet to be able to fill every believer who wanted to be filled with him to the fullness, to do wonderful things, to make us a witness. God knows what he's doing. He wrote his word. Somebody told me one time, you know, well, I'm not sure about the word of God. I said, my God's big enough to get an owner's hand manual into my hand so I know how to read and know what to do with it and can receive by the reading of the Bible through the Spirit of God his plan for me. His plan for my marriage, for my family. His plan for this church. His plan for everything that we can have laid at our hands. Oh my gosh, I will not challenge that. I will obey that. And I can say that on the authenticity of the word, who God even uses the word to call his son Jesus, the word. 
the Word became flesh according to 1 John. Excuse me, John chapter 1. Confuse those two. John chapter 1. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And people didn't even recognize Him. Well, we probably wouldn't have either. But we have no excuse today. There's no excuse at all. Christ in us, the hope of glory. When Christians back off of the truth of the Word of God, then you know what happens? Society starts backing off because there's not any more light. There's not any more salt. All there is is man's desires, man's plans, man's ambitions. Did God say? Yeah, you better believe he said it. Hallelujah. And if I said it, he said it, I believe it. And I walk on it by grace. And if I don't believe it, God's grace is still for there, there for me to get back on track. His mercy is there to say, okay, you confessed. I'm sorry. You're, you're sorry. Do it. Son, daughter, rise up. Go forth. Remember what we said last week? God doesn't just forgive your sin. He forgets your sin. <sighs> Somebody's going to get that one. I mean, it's, it is just so wonderful, the plan, the achievements of God. And, and we get to be the opportunity to be in that family. And if you would, sit on the throne room of God with Him in heavenly places. Jesus is there. We're seated together with Him. We have a covenant that we can't break unless we desire to break it. But my actions don't get me out any more than my actions get me in. Mm. Better go back to my notes. What's next? I don't know this. Find out. I want to say five things about people who don't believe the Old Testament is the Word of God. It's just a history book. Number one, those people don't understand what it took for the Lord to get salvation to us. And I've been sharing on that. Through the fall, man really screwed things up. How else can I say it? We sin because of the fall, original sin, and we sin because we've sinned. We've sinned. But if the Lord hadn't taken people out with the flood or as well as other occasions, he would have never been able to send Jesus. The entire planet would have been eaten up with sin and the devil would have won. That's how imperative it was that God did what he did. Only eight people made it through the flood. Eight people. Only eight. That's how important it was. It couldn't have waited any longer. God had perfect timing on everything he's done. That should give us an awe factor. Look at the headlights. Praise God. Number two, Jesus, as well as others in New Testament Scripture, quoted Old Testament Scripture. Those of us that have been in the last 12 weeks, we, we finished the program last week. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. That's the way that, that uh, Dr. Turek actually proved 
the Old Testament was because the New Testament proves it. Jesus quoted Scripture so many times. It is written. It is written. It is written. And we should say the same thing to the devil just like he did. The New Testament says that the purpose of the Old Testament was to give us types and shadows, and it was to give us the law, which is the tutor, schoolmaster to Jesus. Without the law, we wouldn't have known that sin is sin. Also, if you take away the Old Testament, (laughs) you take away the New. The prophecies in it were astounding And the New Testament saw many of them happen, and we've seen others happen since then, and we will continue as the fulfillment of the last days goes out. Here's another thing that I think is interesting. I think this is very interesting. Uh, The Dead Sea Scrolls were found uh, about 75 years ago, and um, it was done from a different perspective. sect of Judaism scholars, and they hid them, and those scrolls have been authenticated to have been written around 1000 AD, okay? And every book in the Old Testament, except for Esther, every book in the Old Testament has parts of it that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And one of the fullest books of the Old Testament that they found was the book of Isaiah. Anybody ever heard of Isaiah 53? He was pierced for my transgressions, crushed for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I was healed. And it goes on, who shall see the arm of the Lord revealed? It starts out with in chapter 53. Ah, the power of his resurrection. All these things, and we actually have, that was done in 1,000, okay? And we have, of course, other pieces that were written well before then. But if you take the Dead Sea Scrolls in time compared to the older transcripts, try to put an extra letter in there, transcripts, you'll see that over hundreds, and actually a thousand years to be specific, a thousand years, there were only three words that were different. And those words were not actually different words, they were different tenses of words. That's the best way I can say it. With no significant change at all. And if they could keep the Word of God for that long, how long could it be done? If you study the authenticity of, of, of Scripture and how people wrote it and how if they're on a scroll and they make one little dot that's wrong, start all over. Sorry you had to work on that for six months and throw it in the trash can, but that's the way we do it around here. Praise God. Number four, the bottom line is that historically, when we see the church begin to pull away from the authenticity of the Bible, we see people start pulling away from the Lord. There's a move called progressive Christianity, and they're saying a lot of things that sound pretty good in some areas, but 
I'm just giving you a warning. Make sure you know who you're listening to and what you're, what you're listening to. Because it's out there with a bunch of junk. Number five, after all, this has happened before, historically. It's happened before. You know, different phases, different sects, different things pulling. When I say sex up here this morning, I'm S-E-C-T-S, okay? Not talking about that other stuff yet. When that happens, historically, it's been proven that the Lord brings a revival sooner or later. He comes in with a new freshness and a new importance of the Word and of the Spirit. The entrance of your Word brings light. When God's people go back to the Word, the Holy Spirit's going, they got it. And he does special things with his word in our lives. And we become the word in the flesh, engrafted in us. By the way, uh, some other things that people get off on is slavery in the Bible, foreigners in the Bible. You don't understand what happened, what caused slavery, what happened with foreigners, how the different words in the Hebrew bring out different things. God is just. God wants to set everybody free, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? And I don't have time to go into all of those things. But like, for instance, when you see a mention of slavery, a lot of times it's talking about Hebrews and Hebrews. And people get in, they pledge themselves for seven years to work for somebody, and at the end of seven years they're set free unless they want to stay a slave, and a lot of them did that, and they actually pierced their ear at that time that shows what they've done and what their agreement is. So it's totally different than the, the junk that went on in this country years ago and the junk that's all over the world right now. Don't think it's not. Simply put, the things of God cannot be played out in the flesh or the carnal mind. They've got to be in the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. And God's Spirit will always say things that agree with the Word of God because the Spirit and the Word agree. The Holy Spirit wrote the Word. He doesn't contradict Himself. So when we get into this relative stuff where it's, well, you know, that means to me, and you say that means to me, and I, well, sometimes that's just a nice discussion, okay? But it can also mean that I don't care what the Word of God believes, I'm going to see it my way. Just like right now, a lot of stuff goes on with some good people about financial things that are really not biblical. You know, it's what you call selfish. It's the, uh, you can't sanctify the unholy that way, just by calling it holy. Okay. First Corinthians nine nineteen. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Really, he's becoming a slave right there. That I might win the more. 
And to the Jews, I become as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, and without law, not being without law towards God, but law, under law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. He's talking just about, hey, I don't care if they're Jews, I become like them. If they become under the law, like them. If they're not under the law, I try to come by like them, even though I'm none of those. I want to reach people. Verse 22, to the weak, I become as weak, that I might win the weak. Folks, we've got some weak people in this world today. <laughs> I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be a partaker of it with you. So the gospel is trying to win people and we have an opportunity to share the gospel and we need to be able to recognize that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that we see was created in the image of God. That's where their value comes from, not their behavior. Some of you were on that other side. But now you've been washed. You've been made whole by the blood of the Lamb of God. Galatians 2.14 but when I saw that they were straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but... By faith in Jesus Christ, even when we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. So much for self-righteousness. So much for your plan of salvation. God has the plan. That one has a door on it, and it's open. Yeah. <laughs> All the other plans, there's nothing you know, on the other side of the door. I thought that was a pretty good visual. Did you catch that? Okay. We're not living under less law. Instead, we have been freed from the Mosaic law because it was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. The law, Mosaic law, puts a burden on our behavior. Only by the law of Christ can we lay down our lives. We have no ability in ourselves to lay it down. We need the enablement of the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish that. When Jesus spoke about laying down our burdens, what bigger burden is there than trying to keep the Old Testament commandments? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Thou. Oh, my gosh. There's only 10 of them. Now, there's a bunch more laws that were pertinent to the Jewish people. But if you perfect all 10 of them, you can start working on the rest of them. And you can't, of course. 
So we're not justified by, well, you know, I've been a good person. No, you hadn't. You don't understand what good is. Only God is good. You may have good intentions because, you know, we judge others by what they do, but we judge ourselves by our good intentions. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not a sinner anymore. I used to sin, but I'm past that. If you work with anybody who's had an addiction, most of us in here have had some kind of addiction. I'm not going to do that again. What's the first thing you do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll get out of your business. And this is especially true when we consider that Jesus said, if you've committed a sin in your heart, you have and you are, in fact, guilty. Guilty. Just in your heart. You don't have to kill somebody physically. Just hate them in your heart. And you've committed murder. See, God's trying to go deeper than our behavior because our behavior is the outcrop of what's in our heart. I would not ever think about, excuse me, I would not ever take the action out on somebody that's a negative thing unless I thought it first. And then when I've thought it and willed it and agreed with my own stupidity, I've entered into the manifestation of that sin because that sin's already been there. And God wants to pluck it out now, not later. John 15, 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. That's the word right from Jesus. That's the red letters. Our first song we did. Abide in my love. Remain in his love, okay? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. Glory to you. No, he wants us to have joy. Golly, I can't believe that happened. You know, I'm just going to pray for that person. God's getting quiet in here. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Because when it's full, it's going to bubble over. When it bubbles over, you're going to be okay. It's a fruit of the Spirit. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. God's speaking here. That you love one another as I have loved you. I can't love Tim any less than Jesus loves me. Wow. But do you know what Tim did the other day? Do you know what you did the other day? (laughs) Oh. Well, that's different. Yeah, it's different, okay, because you're guilty. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life 
for his friends. One's life. Greek, suke. No greater love has one light, one soul, than to lay down his, excuse me, no greater love has one for another than he lays down his own soul for that person. Mind, will, emotion. He's not talking about going to the cross. It wouldn't do anybody any good. They just have to clean up the mess. What does good is when you willingly command your soul that I will do this. I will love Tim no matter what. There is nothing that can separate us. Nothing. He can throw a snowball in my face or something worse than that. And I still got to love you. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Don't push it. But that's the truth. Lay down your soul for someone. Does that child, I had a little boy the other day that his older brother was at my house. We were talking. And the younger one was showing off on his bicycle and he had a little mistake and he turned his handlebars except the wheel didn't turn. It was loose. And he caught his leg up under the, I mean, it, was, it looked bad. It didn't break his leg or anything, but it was bad. And he, he's 10 years old. And he was crying like everything. And, you know, that seems to affect us, and it should, because that kid has a burden right now. So I run out there, and, of course, we help him up. His older brother picks him up, and I check his leg out. And his mother is across the street, and she's run over. She ran over, and um, he's okay. But he had a burden. It hurt. Hurt. I mean, he, he, I don't know what he looks like today, but I probably got a pretty good bruise. That's Jesus in us, his brother, his 16-year-old brother, running out there to help his little brother, picking him up. His mother coming across the street, me running down. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the family of God loving on this kid for that burden he had right then and there. Sometimes a burden can be any of, it can be any number of things. It's soulish sometimes. It's our, somebody's distraught, discouraged. How many people have been discouraged? What about all of the depression that this country has right now? You can blame it on COVID, but guess what? That's just taking a lemon and squeezing it and see what's in it. COVID's like the squeeze. The lemon was already there. Our country is turning its back on God. And we can huddle together and love each other or we can do something about it. Are we praying for it? Are we believing God for it? Are we sharing people? Are we talking to people? It's easy to talk to people. You don't have to say, now you got to get saved, you're going to hell. Just talk to them. Be a friend. I was at the tag agency last week, and I, you know, just a woman there with four kids, four or five. They're kind of a little restless, you know. 
just gave her some money. I said, anybody here like ice cream? Those people will never see me again. That's okay. Kids got ice cream. And I know the older boy sure appreciated it. <laughs> and the mother goes, we're going to bombs. Just a little kindness. You know, to a person who needs a little support, a little help, they need a little bit of Jesus. My brother used to, some years ago, they had a big RV and they traveled all over the country. He retired young. and Well, in his 50s, that's young, isn't it? And something happened that somebody behind him didn't like something he was, the way he drove or something. And when he pulled in a little bit later on, he and his wife pulled in, this guy pulls up behind him and starts saying a few words. And my brother just looked at him and says, Jesus loves you. And the guy starts to babble some more and he said, Jesus loves you. And the third time he said, the guy walks away. <laughs> And if you knew how my brother used to be, <laughs> uh, but that's what God does in our hearts. There's no reason to get ticked off at Trump or Biden, either one. They need prayer. Oh my gosh. Intercession, deep, for all of that stuff. We're supposed to be a country. And, and we're supposed to be the light to the country. Romans 7. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you be married to another. Now, anytime you see body of Christ, you need to stop and say, what are they talking about? Is that the physical body of Jesus Christ or is that the church? And many times you'll find it's both. Law of double reference. So when you see the body of Christ, I love this Wednesday night, we bring this out in communion, that we're supposed to recognize the body of Christ. Well, that means two things, not just one. We need to recognize the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to recognize the people who are around us and we're in fellowship with together. And some people will never see that we should be in a little different level of fellowship all over the world. I'll say again, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you be made, may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. It's kind of like Jesus when he was raised from the dead, became and manifested the seed in all of us when we're born again, made it available for us. And when we call upon the name of the Lord, we are saved. And the seed of God goes into us that we're married to Jesus. That's a spiritual thing. Okay? You can't see it, but it's more real than what you do see. That song we sang, You're More Real. <sighs> mm, wow. For when we were in the flesh, when we were in the flesh, are they still alive? Are they still in a body? 
Yes, yes, yes. Okay, but in the flesh means acting the flesh out rather than the spirit out. When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, thou shalt not. What's the first thing a kid wants to do? Do it. Were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. We really needed to realize, I need to die to this flesh. Figuratively, I need to die. I need to die. But now we have been delivered from the law. Having died to what we were held by, we were in prison, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. 2 Corinthians 3, 7. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious. Here it comes. So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Verse 9, For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness... <laughs> Glory to God exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. It's like if you have three cents in your pocket and somebody walks up and gives you a hundred dollar bill, you could care less or not if you had that three cents. It might have been all the money I had, but now who cares? And that's kind of the way the Old Testament and New Testament. It was what they had, but who cares now? We've got a new co covenant based on better promises. And we are in Christ who has a covenant with the Father. We get all the benefits. Jesus did all the work. For what, verse 11, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Do you realize what people in the past would love to have to be born again, spirit-filled, with having 14 Bibles at home? Ever thought about that? <sighs> Folks, we have it. We have the richness, the purity, the greatness, the gloriousness that God has given us freely to enjoy. Ah, <sighs> ah. <sighs> Uh, let this soak in. Oh my gosh. I've got a deal with Jesus. I've got a deal with the Lord. I've got His life, His blessing, His eternity, His word that I can stand on no matter what comes by. When I stand on the word of God, who cares? We have been given the richness of the throne of heaven. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Galatians 6. This is the one now. This is what it's, our life as a Christian is about. 
Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, it doesn't say apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It doesn't say those of you who've been saved for 15, 20, 35, 50 years. It doesn't say those of you which just read your daily devotion today. Those of you who prayed for an hour or three hours this morning or yesterday morning. Those of you who went to church 10 times without missing. It doesn't say any of that stuff. It says you which are spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what the law of Christ is. That we're bearing one another's burdens because we're spiritual and we think like God thinks, not like the old man would like to think. It doesn't make any difference what somebody does to you or has done to you. Now, yes, there's a time to make a separation under certain conditions. Da-da-da-da-da-da. We'll go into all that. But handle it like the Spirit of God. It was once said that the law of Christ refers not just to the pattern of Christ's life, which should be emulated, but to the teachings of Christ which flesh out this pattern. I'm going to read that again. The law of Christ refers not just to the pattern of Christ's life, which should be emulated, but to the teachings of Christ which flesh out this pattern, a.k.a. be like Jesus. So how did the first century church play it all out? I'm glad you asked that. And this is the last scripture verse we'll use. Acts 2.40. And I want to remind you that Peter was just finished. He had just finished a sermon. And guess what his topic was in closing? Psalms 110.3. <laughs> I love it. The word. Peter was giving them the word of God. Now, there's enough in this message this morning that you could make notes and come back and do a lot of study. Acts 20. So they're saved, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Folks, we live in a perverse generation. Try to sexualize five, six, seven year old kids. Then those who gladly received his word, or were born again, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And now we see the answer to our question. How did the first century church play out the law of Christ? Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly. That means they continued steadfastly. That's what the Greek means. They continued and they did it all the time. In the apostles' doctrine, 
Number one, they didn't have 15 translations of the Bible. They didn't have a Bible, not a New Testament. So, and of course, they didn't have scrolls either because you couldn't just go buy a scroll. I mean, you know, unless you were, you know, Bill Gates or somebody. By the way, Bill, that's a good idea. Um, Apostles' doctrine. That's the teaching of the apostles, the word of the apostles that they were sharing from what they'd got with Jesus. Okay? How did they receive the apostles' doctrine? In a group. In a group. In a group this way? (laughs) In a group. And fellowship. Fellowship. The best definition I can give you on fellowship is spiritual intercourse. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody. You're just not thinking right. It's one to the other. It's an involvement that more than one person has with somebody else. In the breaking of bread, that's number three. Apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread. We also call that communion, which is also translated fellowship. (laughs) from the Greek word, and in prayers. Four things. Gosh, that's deep, isn't it? Four things. Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Don't take that wrong. That was free will offering, and it says that's where they could give whatever is in their heart. Somebody didn't take it out of my pocket and put it in your pocket and call it the government. Or take it out of your pocket and put it in my pocket. I'm just saying, government can have good intentions, but it doesn't work the way it does when the church gives. Because the government doesn't have a heart. Four things. Apostles' doctrine. Fellowship. Breaking of bread. Prayer? Where do you do those things? You do it when you gather together. Small group, church. Hey, just <laughs> let's go get a bite to eat. Talk about the word. Have fellowship. Eat a hamburger. And pray. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. (laughs) Boy, this is really difficult to keep the law of Christ. You can go back to the Old Testament if you want, but I'm going to stay on this side of the fence. (laughs) Loving people. Loving people. Loving your brother and sister in the Lord. You know, we actually do those things at church, but you can actually do those things at other times, other places. It's okay. The law of Christ 
is that we bear each other's burdens. It means when somebody has a fault, has a, a trespass, they have something they need. They're, they don't have any loving in their life. They don't have any food. They don't have clothing. They don't have shelter. They're in prison. They need to be visited. It doesn't make any difference what it is. Are we touching them? Are we passing on the Spirit of Christ to people when we run across them in our lives? Only you can answer for yourself. And if we can make it so much fun and joyful, this is the joy of Jesus rising up out of us. When we see somebody and have a need, whether it's a little boy on his bicycle that gets hurt, or it's some kids that need some ice cream. You don't have to make this super spiritual. You just have to be spiritually minded. That's all. What would Jesus do? Rebuke the little boy for the way he rides his bicycle? I did rebuke his older brother because the steering wheel was loose. I said, how come you didn't catch that? <laughs> That's a good kid. We have fun together. But the whole idea here is, folks, the law of Christ says, let's share what God has done in our lives with each other. Let's let church of tomorrow be like the first century church. Church of tomorrow, a new sign, is today. Yeah, tomorrow's come today. And it's time to act like Jesus. It's time to be the body of Christ. It's time for us to have full joy and that it may be shared with others and that their joy would be full. I don't want to see Cammie being the only one here laughing. <laughs> I knew that'd work. I want joyful time with you. And I want you to feel that way about me. And it doesn't make any difference what your situation is. If you stubs your toe, if you kick the dog, or if you did something else that we don't want to talk about in public. We're here for you. Don't you forget it. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh my gosh, how much we love you. And we love you because you loved us first. That's just the way it is. God, I thank you for every person that's in here today that a special thing is happening in their life, for every person that's watching this on YouTube or on our, our video uh, abilities from our website, whether it's now or in the future, whatever it is, thank you, Spirit of God, for piercing our hearts, for manifesting Jesus to us, and for living the new creation through us. I thank you that we can fall in love with you all over again right this very minute. That we can enjoy the law of Christ which you've given us to be able to fulfill the promises that you've made. Lord, may all the glory be yours and may all the fun be ours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap, Brother Kelly. Hallelujah. Bring it on. Hallelujah.
The rich word of God has gone forth again with power and great clarity and with purpose. Hallelujah. It's been put into fertile soil in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you fertile soil? I said, are you fertile soil? Hallelujah. If you're not sure, you can always call upon the Lord. Help me, Father, that my soil is fertile. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In fact, lift up your hands just for a moment. Just say, Father, hallelujah, this word has gone into fertile soil. (laughs) Amen, 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 amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew 23, 23. Uh, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give, and I'm not calling you, you know, those kind of things. Jesus is talking to them, okay? Uh, You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Pastor Dan was kind of talking about the very same thing right there. The law of Christ. The law of Christ, okay, he's not dismissing tithes, okay, he's just sharing, okay, tithe in every area of your life. Hallelujah. Tithe your life, okay, and and, uh, remember justice, remember mercy, remember faithfulness, remember bearing one another's burdens. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're worth it. God God has done a great work in us and he continues to do so. And so uh, we're worth it. The body of Christ is worth, hallelujah, bearing one another's burdens, okay? And, and, uh, and that includes in our offerings, our tithes and so forth, okay? All that God has done for us. And we should be able to tithe in every area of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to bring attention to the drop box at the back, okay, of the uh, uh, sanctuary right here. If you want to do your tithes that way and offerings. Uh, also, we do it, you know, of course, on, on uh, texting and online, okay? And so don't forget uh, to give. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to give. It always is, you know. It always is. Hallelujah. Uh, some announcements. This Wednesday, everyone say this Wednesday. Okay, that's, that's like Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, okay? Uh, two days, and then it's Wednesday, okay? I'm sorry, that's the teacher coming out. <laughs> and in that, that's only three days away. See, I said it a different way. That's what a teacher does. They say it 16 different ways so that somewhere, somehow, you'll get it. <laughs> it's Wednesday, and we're going to have worship and communion together. Do you see me jumping up and down? Am I just a sight to behold? <laughs> now, see, I did it a different way so that you might remember. <laughs> no, all I remember was he was jumping up and down. It was giving me a problem. <laughs> we'll have a time at 645 of snacks and talking and enjoying one another. And then at 7 is when the actual uh, event will take place. Hallelujah. So join us with uh, worship and communion. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, if I uh, wanted to let you know that if you haven't been to one of our staff lunches in the last several months, okay, uh, we want to be able to invite you. But if you haven't gone to one, would you please sign up right there? We have several sheets there in the back. Okay, to sign up and put your vital information down, okay, and how much money you have in the bank account. I am just kidding. (laughs) Not that, okay. We won't ask you for that. But you can sign up on the sheet and those handouts, 
and uh, next Sunday is going to be the uh, staff lunch, and it will be the last one that we have for this year, okay? So uh, we want to be able to have you be a part of that, okay? Uh, because we want to let you know that you are a part of us, okay? We, you are the part of the body of Christ, Hallelujah. And then uh, let's look ahead to October 8th and 9th. Good grief. It's, it's, that's a long ways away. No. Uh, today's what? September. What? September? Yeah, September. And it's the fourth day in September already. Okay? And so next month, probably a little more than four weeks away. Okay? Well, that's long. No, it's not. Okay? You know how quickly four weeks can go. Uh, and, and especially when you got lots of things on the agenda, okay? It goes fast. Look at your neighbor and say, fast. Oh, you didn't look at your neighbor to do that. You just looked at me when you said that, okay? Look at someone and say, that's fast, okay? And uh, Corey and Rochelle Smithy from uh, Texas, they were here la- uh, he was here last year, okay? They're going to both be here next month on uh, October 8th and 9th. And uh, on that Saturday morning on the 8th, we're going to have a breakfast all together. Well, that sounds like fellowship. Wow. And, and, and uh, uh, we're going to talk about the good things of God, of course. Okay. We're going to do kind of like what Acts says. Hello. Yeah. And, and, and then as soon as we finish with breakfast, the men and the women are going to separate. They're going to have their own meeting, the men with uh, Pastor Corey and the women uh, with Pastor Rochelle. And then uh, the Smithies, of course, will be joining us on Sunday morning on the 9th to minister the word of the living God. Did you hear that? The word of the what God? living God. He's not a dead God. He's not a mean God. Hallelujah. He is a good God and he is alive and he is well. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to get to preaching and I'm only doing the announcements. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is not a pucker mouth God. Hallelujah. Who ate prunes this morning and sour uh, lemons. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. Hallelujah. And because of that, we can, we can uh, have joy in our hearts and joy in our lives. And that when people cross our paths through this week, hallelujah, they are not going to be looking at somebody that they cannot approach because you look unapproachable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to show yourself in such a way that you look approachable. Hallelujah. That's my encouragement. Look approachable. Hallelujah. Because God's children, God's children, hallelujah, are reconcilers. Hallelujah. And if you, if we want to be reconcilers, we need to be approachable. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I'm preaching. Father, we just thank you for today. We ask, Lord, that you would lead, guide, and direct us by your spirit throughout this week. We thank you, Father, your word has gone into fertile soil. And I just thank you that uh, we carry your presence. We carry your word. We carry your life. Hallelujah. In us and then through us. Hallelujah. So we can impact others because we have been impacted and we bless you and thank you. May your Holy Spirit flow freely in and through all of our lives. And we thank you for the results in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're in agreement with it, say amen. Again, if, you need, if you'd like to sign up for staff lunch next Sunday, please do that. Hallelujah, you are dismissed. Have a glorious week. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you and help share and bear those burdens. Amen.